Hi, I'm Dr. Olga Pinkston, a board-certified rheumatologist and the host of the Mind Your Fiber podcast. This podcast is dedicated to fibromyalgia. I discuss up-to-date information about fibro, its treatment, the biology and psychology of the fibromyalgia. I cover the pain science education, the complementary and alternative methods available to you now to improve your symptoms. There are a lot of things that influence development of fibromyalgia trigger fiber flares, and produce other symptoms like IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, depression, and anxiety, and none of them are your fault. In the Mind Your Fiber podcast, you will learn how and why fiber develops, how chronic pain changes your brain, and most importantly, that you're not alone in the struggle, that fiber is real, and how to not let fiber control your life. This podcast provides information only and does not provide any medical or psychological services or advice. Well, welcome back to the Mind Your Fiber podcast, episode number 20. I cannot believe I'm recording my 20th episode and I just celebrated the 10,000th episode download. Thank you, listeners, for listening and your support. It means so much to me. Well, I'm a little behind on posting this episode. With spring break and Easter, I got out of habit of getting up early and recording it before kids wake up, as they're too noisy for any recordings. So my 4 to 5 a.m. recordings have not been happening. So I decided to start recording on my clinic's day off, Friday, and apparently the entire neighborhood decided that Friday is a day when they cut grass and use leaf blowers. So I am back on training my brain to get up early and record. As I was working on this episode right up last Saturday, as I do my research and writing before I record, I keep hearing the airplane sounds. Last Saturday was the first day of the Derby Festival. I live in Louisville, Kentucky, and it begins with the air show during the day and one of the biggest fireworks in the world at night called the Thunder over Louisville. Lots of excitement in the air. The Kentucky Derby, for those who don't know, is a horse race which happens on the first Saturday in May. In the two weeks ahead of the race, we have festivities. And after the last two years of COVID pandemic, things are finally getting back to normal. Ladies are back at buying hats to wear at the racetrack, and kids were waiting for the fireworks. Luckily, we had the absolutely perfect, gorgeous weather, warm and sunny, and I'm so happy to report that record numbers of people gathered at the riverfront, especially because the, the early in the week it was rainy and cold, and this was one of the best fireworks shows I've seen. It's just getting better every year. I can tell you many ladies take Derby here in Louisville rather seriously, planning their outfits, searching for that perfect hat or dress or shoes. Many go yet on another diet to look perfect by Derby. And those diets will likely get broken by the mint julep or a slice of the derby pie. As I study more neurobiology of trauma and chronic pain, I keep coming across perfectionism. You may think the desire to succeed includes perfectionism, and it may be true, but perfectionism goes farther and demands you to be the best, to be perfect. Perfectionism is a personality trait characterized by high expectations and standards of yourself in may or may not others. Perfectionism can be caused by fear of judgment or disapproval from others. 
Children who experience emotional trauma, especially the withholding of love from a parent, believe that they must prove their worth and may struggle with self-esteem. This can bring a huge amount of anxiety because you expect yourself to be perfect or otherwise you blame yourself for being a failure. You may push yourself to make no mistakes, and if you do, you may become filled with self-blame. Perfectionism ties closely with lack of self-love and self-loathing. Self-loathing or self-hatred is extreme criticism of yourself. It may feel as though nothing you do is good enough and that you are unworthy or undeserving of good things in life. The thoughts I usually are, I'm not good enough, I need to perfect it. So when it comes to nutrition and dietary changes, many people aim to be perfect. Perfect diet, follow all the rules, but often start making decisions based on self-criticism or self-loathing and not love. I need to lose 10, 20, 100 pounds to feel accepted or to look good. I cause my own pain because I don't eat well. All that sugar is causing inflammation. You may think I have arthritis because I'm obese. My knees cannot hold me up, cannot support me. But often our self-loathing or self-love habits are passed to us from people around us, especially from childhood and reinforced throughout our lives. When you are a child, you can only accept yourself as the people around you accept you. Your family, parents, grandparents, siblings, or your friends, teachers, classmates at school. You may feel judged and perceive your worthiness by their affirmations. How you behave, act, eat, what grades you bring home, or how well you know your homework. As a young child, you see yourself through the eyes of people you love. You look at your tribe to see what they tell you about you. So if the people in your life didn't teach you that you're good the way you are, or if they only told you that you were good enough when you performed like they wanted you to, then you have the directions for viewing yourself as not good enough for the rest of your life. You may have been told that you are bad, not smart enough, sickly, fat, or lazy. This sets you up to be conditionally accepted or conditionally loved. It sets up your worthiness. If I change, they will accept me. But the way I am, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of approval, acceptance, or love. And the thoughts your brain creates justify the feelings that you are not worthy of feeling good about yourself. What you practice makes it stronger. If you condition yourself to only accept and love yourself conditionally, you will keep creating conditions that you need to achieve to become worthy. When you think about self-loathing, it really is what is your opinion of yourself? What do you think about yourself? And of course, how you think about yourself will determine how you feel about yourself. You see, your thoughts create your feelings. Sometimes you may think about yourself in a positive way, but likely more often than not, the thoughts are negative. Also, most people don't even pay attention to the thoughts. They don't pay attention to what they think about themselves. So as you start being aware of your thoughts, you may notice things you think about yourself, your body, your health, your habits, how you are in relationships, at work, at home. It's really worth paying attention to your opinion of yourself. Why? Because it will determine how you feel. And how you feel determines what you do. And what you do will either increase the evidence that you have to hate yourself or loathe yourself, or it will decrease that evidence. If you keep having self-loathing thoughts, there's something wrong with me. I'm not well. My body is not okay. This pain is not normal. I am broken. You will feel the way you think. Most of these thoughts are automatic. They come up 
and we keep them like we keep our pets. It is important to remember when you practice thinking thoughts that are negative about yourself, that's what you become good at. When you practice liking yourself or thinking thoughts of self-love, self-acceptance, that's what you'll get good at. It is whatever muscle that you exercise, that muscle will grow. So again, when it comes to nutrition and dietary changes, many people start making them because of criticism and self-loathing. I need to lose 10, 20, 50, 100 pounds to feel accepted or look good. I cause my own pain because I don't eat well. My joints hurt because I'm obese and I don't exercise. It's hard to contain motivation with such negative self-talk. So next time you have a bad day, maybe you pushed and you crashed and you ate something that's not on your diet plan, your perfectionism may kick in. And the voice in your head will start telling you that the day is ruined. Might as well keep eating the foods I crave that you could not have because you were on a diet. Oh, now your diet is ruined. You fell off your diet wagon yet again. And the self-loathing and negative self-talk increases. The motivation to change decreases. And you no longer follow your eating protocol, your diet. Because you stopped your diet, the stress level increases because you're being negative about yourself. You feel guilty. It activates your nervous system. And you may get into a pain-fear cycle. And you may end up in a painful flare. And you may start again beating yourself up for ruining the diet plan and causing you flare with whatever you ate. And soon you may start looking for yet another diet. This is why the diet industry is a billion-dollar industry. They tap into your insecurities, self-loathing, and motivation to change that is fueled by negative thoughts and feelings, and it's always a temporary change. It's unsustainable. So how do we change the self-loathing and start loving ourselves? We start with awareness of our thinking. It will help if you begin to catch yourself, negatively talk about yourself, see the blame, shame, doubt, beating yourself up for making mistakes, judgments, and self-criticism. Write this down. Collect these thoughts in a journal. When your thoughts are on paper, your brain can look at them from a different perspective, analyze them, and not automatically believe them. As you look at your write-up, be curious, not judging. Does your list of negative things you wrote make sense? Do you agree with it? Is it something everybody who knows you will agree with? Ask curious questions. Not judge your writing. The writing or your thoughts have no power over you unless you accept them and believe as they're true. The next step will be find alternative thoughts that will serve you better. What can you be thinking instead? What else is true about you that you choose to ignore? The goal is to show your brain alternatives, other options of thinking, and poke holes in the web of your old thinking. Start choosing thoughts that serve you and encourage you. More loving thoughts. Now, self-love learning can fill several episodes of this podcast. This is just a snapshot, a seed for you to start planting in your brain to begin looking at your diet and other lifestyle or health choices from the place of self-love and not hate. I hope you consider working on breaking the cycle that you've been stuck in for a long time because there's no other way to maintain the focus and drive for sustainable and healthy change unless the changes come from love and acceptance. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, the best thing you can do is to share with someone and leave a review and rating. This helps me support more people just like you 
move toward better life with fibromyalgia. All you have to do is to go to the platform you're listening on, click the share button or the icon, and just send it to a friend. I so appreciate you taking your time to do so. Make sure you sign up or subscribe to this podcast so you can get the most up-to-date information in the new episodes. Thanks for joining me today, and I will see you next week. And don't forget to mind your fibro. Disclaimer, this podcast provides information only and does not provide any medical or psychological services or advice. None of the content on this podcast prevents, cures, or treats any medical or mental condition.